Hey, good morning, press. It's good to see everybody, even though it's it's a little warmer today than it should be in February, but uh, glad you are here. My name is Jason Allison. I'm one of the pastors on staff here, and uh, I am excited that uh, we get to spend a few minutes together this morning. Uh, just for the record, there's a few little house cleaning things we got to make sure you know about. <clears throat> Coming up in a couple weeks is the IF conference uh, for, for women. Yes. Uh, so uh, as I was saying earlier, women, get your if on. I don't know. Is that a thing? <laughs> but it's not? Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, if you want to know more about it, you can uh, register. You can talk to Chrissy uh, Bontrager, and she can make sure you have everything you need to register. Uh, it's it's going to be a great weekend. Uh, I've heard it's just amazing. But I'm a guy. I'm not allowed to come, so there you go. Uh, the other thing that you need to know about is next Sunday is the last Sunday to bring in stuff for our resupply drive. Uh, we, we do this occasionally just to uh, help our neighbor next door. Uh, the elementary school there, we like to support the teachers and, and everybody there, and so we collect stuff. There's a list on the table. Uh, please bring it in by next Sunday because uh, then we're going to take it over uh, and share that with them. Uh, the last thing is uh, we always talk about, you know, this church, this community of people, the things that we do, the, the way that we gather uh, could only happen because of the generosity of people like you. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, this, is, this, is our, this is our community, and so we all support it together. And uh, there's a QR code on the screen. If you want to text to give, you can text uh, any amount to 84321, or you can scan the QR code. It will take you to the site where you can give online. Um, you can set up recurring giving. You can use bill pay. Like, we just we don't take chickens. That's uh, kind of where we draw the line. But besides that, <clears throat> we we appreciate the support and, and it helps us make sure that we are able to reach this community uh, in the best way possible. Um, before we dive in this morning, I just want to take a second and let's just uh, let's just pray together. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you that you are in this room. Uh, thank you that we know that you. Uh, you are at work, and that you love us, and that you care deeply about every person in this room, no matter where they may be on their spiritual journey, uh, that you love them and you will embrace them. I pray this morning as we open your word that our eyes would be opened to uh, better ways to relate to each other and to relate to you. Encourage us and strengthen us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we are doing a series called Crazy Train, kind of rehashing one we did a while ago because we realized there's a lot of people here who weren't here a couple years ago, and it only makes sense. And uh, so we were going through some stuff, and you know, the first few weeks, Sean uh, talked about expectations, both expectations of God, but then expectations that we may, might have with each other and how those can really you know, set us on the wrong course. They can get us on the crazy train. Uh, we talked about fear of rejection. Uh, we, we talked about the need for control. Uh, we, we talked about all those different red flags or crazy indicators is kind of the way we've been putting it. Those are, those are indicators that maybe there's something in the relationship that's a little off, that maybe is a little askew, and, and how we can deal with those. Uh, today, we are going to talk about the concept of avoidance and isolation. Um, it's interesting, in Matthew chapter 18, uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he tells them, listen, for where two or three are gathered, as my followers, I am there among them. Um, that's a wonderful thing, because there's two or three, at least, of us gathered here today, right? So we know that, that Jesus is here among us, and yet if you read that entire chapter, you, you see that he's talking also in the midst of conflict. He is with us. 
when there are two, two or three together in the midst of conflict, he is actually there between us. And, and so I want to dive into that a little bit today, but I'm just curious, how many of you would consider yourself an extrovert? Come on, if you're an extrovert, you're like, yeah, me, come on, I know. So, the, man, we got a whole room of introverts. Wow, no wonder you, now see, I was actually, I was, introvert applause. Uh, I, I was actually uh, up in Loudonville last week uh, teaching, and, and the, the congregation there is kind of the opposite uh, of, of this because uh, they, they were very, very interactive, to say the least. Uh, so it was kind of interesting to see the difference between the, the two. But now I understand you're all introverts. Well, not all of you, but many of you are. That, that makes a big deal. How many of you have ever reached the point where you've said something like this? Huh, I am peopled out today. Yeah, I say that almost every day, uh, it feels like. And, and I'm, I used to be a really strong extrovert, but the older I get the less extroverted I am and the less I often like people, if I'm honest, okay? Uh, that's just the way it goes. But uh, maybe that's, I'm just, I'm becoming the guy that says get off my lawn, right? I'm just turning into that and I see that. I'm trying to change, but, but I also realize, you know, that's part of, of, of just getting older and just life and everything. You start to interact with people and sometimes, let's be honest, people are a pain, right? And, and so sometimes we just want to avoid that. Right? We just want to isolate so that we are not near them. We don't have to deal with them. But is that actually the most healthy thing? To always be isolating, to always be avoiding. Uh, you know, I, I've, we've talked before about the whole Enneagram thing, right? And, and I'm, I'm usually tested as like an Enneagram 3, which is kind of a party waiting to happen, wanting everyone to like me, right? I mean, that's kind of the way. And, and then, uh, you know, CR test is an Enneagram 8, which is one who loves to, like, cause conflict, is the way I look at it. Uh, he would probably have a better way of describing it that's a little nicer. But, you, you know, so you put a 3 and an 8 in a room, and I'm worried that he doesn't like me because he's pushing in, but he's pushing in because he likes me, and I can't see it. And it becomes this, this cycle that we have to recognize and realize that it's actually not bad, any of it. But if I isolate... Or if he isolates, we miss out on the power of that relationship. And so today what I want to do is kind of talk through that because, you know what, in life you cannot avoid conflict forever. I mean, if you're married, it's going to happen because you put two people in a house together, there's going to be conflict. In ministry, and, and just serving here at the church, when you are serving with other people in any way, shape, or form, there will come a time where there'll be a disagreement. There will be some tension. Uh, avoidance and isolation are definitely crazy indicators that we have to understand, we have to think about, because when those engine lights come on, right, those check engine lights come on of, of we recognize we're starting to isolate and to avoid, then we need to say, okay, wait a minute, we need to drill deeper and figure out what's going on. Now, as you know, uh, each week the pastors get together and we hop in the car and we talk about the topic for the week, the topic du jour, and uh, this week we, we did the same thing, and so uh, if you want to watch the screens, you can hear a little bit of our conversation. Isolation avoidance. I feel like you guys isolate me. You stick me in the back. Don't let me talk unless you tell me what's. I'm just kidding. No, Jason, not at all. <laughs> wink, wink, <laughs> nod, nod. <laughs> Do you remember that time we switched everybody around yeah. just to? We did, yeah. and it just didn't feel right. It didn't. 
I'm waiting for you guys to tell me I have to sit in the way back. <laughs> Keep up with those dad jokes. And <laughs> I don't have a third row in this car. I know. You'd still stick me up. <laughs> He's just laying in the back. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, I'm, still, I'm still here. Oh, Jason. There you are. Try I, I, I think it's less... The avoidance, I think, is less of, like, uh, people and more... Uh, avoiding conflict. Yeah. Or avoiding confrontation. Yeah. I guess. Well, we were designed to live in community. I mean, we're, we've said this many times, we're a reflection of the triune God, right? Yep. So the three persons of God, right, live in a harmonious relationship and we're a reflection of that, right? Right. And so us being in community. It's not good for man to be alone. Right. We need to be in community. And when we take ourselves out of community for generally fearful reasons, mm-hmm. right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. that's going to present problems. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're keeping ourselves from existing within the love of God, right? The love between people is a reflection of the triune God, as you put it, right? You yeah. Know, and that love, that relationship. So when we avoid that, it's a mindset even. You know, of, of blocking everyone else. Yeah, well, it happens a lot of times. Uh, people who are in the church, they don't like something about, you know, the community of the church, and they start withdrawing rather than pressing in, mm. which is what we yes. really need to do. Yes. Right. They start to withdraw, mm-hmm. and so it, yeah, it 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 basically turns into uh, a situation where they retract from the community to such a degree that then they are completely outside of the community and it's a it's a me versus them situation yes, yes. you know when when, yes. when when we start talking about them yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we other people yes yes absolutely and, and then all of a sudden they're separate and so we then we yeah. can kind of defend ourselves from them well, but then they become less human yes yeah yep and then it's easier to demonize them yeah yes. well you're left to your only your thoughts so you're yeah. you are just cycling your thoughts through you're creating narratives you're creating well if i were to say this they would say that you're creating yeah. certain uh, scenarios yeah. that in your head that uh, reinforce uh have you ever been in an argument with your spouse and yes. You th- okay. <laughs> what, what, no. Start. Well, Sean uh, hasn't. Yes, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 like you think it's over, and, and then like three weeks later, something happens, and they're really upset about something, and you realize for the last three weeks you've been arguing with them in their head, or maybe in your head you've been having, you know, and you yeah. said in their head you said some really mean things, <laughs> you know, that you didn't actually say, but that, that to me is what happens when we start to avoid and isolate. Yeah. Right? We start having these narratives yeah. that just roll and roll and roll, and we start saying what they would have said yep. when we don't actually know that, no. right? We don't know. That's how yeah, they would have Because we didn't confront, we exactly. can't actually work through those right. misconceptions. Yeah. Or maybe they're right. Like, maybe they're not even misconceptions. Maybe they're, they're things yeah. that have to be addressed. Yeah. Um, but you'd never give it room to be addressed yeah. when you isolate wood. Because yeah. it's risky and hard. Yeah, but, yeah. And, but the thing is, like, I continue to say this, like we, we talk about, well, I'm not fulfilled in my relationships. I'm not happy with certain things. And, but yet the things we are doing is perpetuating. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, that really, then it it begs the question, right? How do we break that cycle? Mm. Yeah. How do we break that cycle? Um, 
you know, Genesis 2, Sean alluded to it in the video. He said, right, God said it's not good for man to be alone. And so he created us with a need for community, right, with a need for each other. Uh, we are social creatures. And so there's a sense that when we, when we understand that we were created to be in community and then we are in community, right, we are reflecting God's image to each other and to the world around us. Um, and that's great when everything's going well. <laughs> but then all of a sudden something happens where there's tension or conflict or somebody says something and someone took it the wrong way or something happens and it, it snowballs so quickly and all of a sudden that beautiful and wonderful thing, we, we slip into that fight or flight response, right? Where we're going to stand up for what we think and we think they're wrong or we just run away. And I can tell you from personal experience, I'm the guy that generally just backs away. I would much rather avoid it than to deal with it. Um, Adam and Eve tried to avoid God, right? When, when they sinned, they, the first thing they did, they, they hid. They hid from each other. They put on coverings. But then they hid from, from God. They isolated. They avoided let me give you just a definition here when I say that. Avoidance is a coping mechanism or a behavior that seeks to escape experiencing uncomfortable thoughts or feelings by avoiding interacting with someone or entering into a specific situation. You know, oftentimes we will preemptively avoid by not allowing people to get close to us. Right, not being vulnerable with another person. That way we can avoid potential conflict, even if it hadn't happened yet. I will tell you, oftentimes this uh, avoidance that happens with us is rooted, uh, the wound of it is rooted deep in our past. It, whether it's something in your childhood, something in your you know, young adult life, whatever it is, that there's, there's a wound there that sometimes we need to address, we need to deal with. Because we've, we've re recognized that, you know, dealing with something maybe caused more pain than you were ready to handle. And so you just began to avoid and it became a pattern in your life. And you said, you know, I know God created me to be with people. I know he created me for a relationship. But when I was in this one relationship, I was hurt too badly and I don't want to risk that again. And, and sometimes we need to stop and go, wait a minute, that, that's a crazy indicator. Because every relationship won't be like that. Um, I do want to make one quick note in this, okay? Uh, to say that there are times in relationships where you need to protect yourself. Okay? I don't want to make this a blanket statement of you should always, you know, confront. You there are times when you need to, to escape enough to be safe. There's a difference uh, between conflict and abuse. And so I would encourage you to find some wise counsel to discern where that might be. Because when you're in the middle of it, it's really hard to tell. But I do want to make sure you understand it's okay to be safe. But I also want you to see it's not okay to avoid just difficult situations. Uh, I, I say that too because, you know, when you develop this pattern, then oftentimes it defines every relationship in your life, not just the one. And so you want to recognize these things in your life so that you can deal with them and hopefully become more of who God called you to be. It, it is easier to isolate, but I want to point out this morning a few things that we miss when we isolate or when we avoid. 
I want you to see that when you are able to stay at the table in the conversation, when you are able to, you get some things that if you pull back, you, you miss out on. Uh, the first thing that I think we, we miss out on is perspective, right? We, we miss out of the power and the joy of a shared life. We miss out on the other person's perspective on the situation. Uh, this is what in Proverbs chapter 18, there's this verse that says, there are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. This thing about sticking with someone, right? That's not avoiding. Even when that person maybe is, is, is not saying the same thing as you, when that person is doing something that, that offends you, to stick with them is to say, I love you more than the offense. I love you more than the thing that you're doing that I disagree with, and I'm going to stay with you. It's interesting, those words there, they're, they're kind of, it's weird because, you know, it says, a man of many friends is often ruined, is another translation, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There's actually two different words being used there. It's not the same thing. The first word uh, is, it's riach, and it's basically talking about associates, right? People who just kind of are in the same room, like they're, it's, they're compatible but that's about it it's not necessarily a deep loving relationship it's just they're associated with one another i mean it's even used when i don't know if you remember this it's one of those really weird passages in the old testament where abraham uh, is developing this covenant with god it's like the third time he does this right but he he takes these animals and he splits them in half and then walks between them and then this smoking pot which represents god also does it's wacky okay situation i get it but here's the thing when it says that the animals, that he cut them in half and divided them, that's the word they used about the two halves of this animal. They're kind of associated with each other, but they're obviously not living together, right? I mean, it's, so it's a weird word. It's just, it's hard to translate exactly what it means, but the idea is if there's just a bunch of you around, but you aren't connected and you aren't in a deep relationship, it actually isn't helpful because it's a surfacey relationship and you never know when someone will turn on you in that. But a real friend... A real relationship will stick closer to you than a brother. And that, that word there for that, that real friend is a have. And it's this idea of a deep, deep friendship. The word often translates love, right? And, and so we miss out when we avoid, when we step back, we miss out on a friend who sticks closer than a brother. We miss out on their perspective on things. We miss out on those things that they see that we can't see. Which is why, you know, one of, those, those <laughs> one of the types of isolation that happens is we get myopic vision. Right? We only see this much. But when you have people with you, when you have trusted friends around you, they can point out the things that are beyond your scope of vision. Uh, when, when there's no other perspectives in the room, it becomes an echo chamber, doesn't it? You only hear what you want to hear, and you only hear the things that you agree with, and then they agree with you, and it just really turns into this shallow relationship. It's becoming, let's be honest, pretty pervasive, even in our politics today. We isolate into our own little clusters of we all think the same, and we only listen to our own thoughts and we avoid any other perspective. And in the process, it makes our little community actually much weaker and much shallower because we don't hear the perspective of someone else. 
even if we disagree with it. I'm not saying hearing it, you have to agree with it. I'm saying when you hear it, you can begin to see things on a much bigger picture, on a grander scale. There's something about having other people around you, especially people that are a little different. You know, as Sean has mentioned this, we, we've, we've talked about it. You know, we are part of a, a church planning network called Converge, uh, and I'm actually on staff with the, the, uh, with the network as well as with, with Press Church. And the cool thing about our region is that 40% of the churches in our region are actually what you would call non-Anglo churches. Right, they're, they're Filipino, African-American, Vietnamese, what, you know, there's, there's several different. And, and it's so, so fun to hang out with them. When you get all of those pastors in our, and there's, you know, over 100 churches in our, in our region, but w- when you get those pastors and you hear these different perspectives, because I'm going to be honest, they see the world differently than I do. And when I spend time, and I'm willing to listen, I don't avoid it, I, I step into that, I learn so much. Are we willing to open up? Because if we avoid, then we get this myopic vision. This is why Exodus 18, Moses is facing this, all these people, a million people, and he's trying to figure out how, to, how to, to rule them in a way that leads them into where God wants them to be and to organize them and to help them understand this new covenant. And it says he's overwhelmed because the people are constantly coming to say, well, what about this? Well, what about this? Oh, I've got an argument with my neighbor. Oh, this is a problem. And he's overwhelmed, and his father-in-law, can you believe that? His father-in-law of all people. I'm just kidding. My father-in-law's here. I've got to be really nice here. Um, you know, his father-in-law shows up and says, Moses, you're missing something here. Do you understand? You can't do this by yourself. You need to train up some people who can take care of some of this on your behalf. But see, Moses wouldn't have thought of that if he wasn't open to hearing someone else's perspective. Because that's the problem with blind spots, right? You can't see them. Someone else can. Uh, another type of isolate or type of problem here is um, you, you become more vulnerable to temptation. When you don't have people around you, you are more, more vulnerable to fall into things that you really shouldn't fall into. Um, Proverbs 27.6 says, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. There's something about a friend who can say something to you to set you back on the right path that obviously someone who's an enemy isn't going to say. But we miss that if we avoid, right? And if we isolate. Later in that same chapter, the proverb writer says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. What happens when, when iron is being sharpened? There's sparks. But it sharpens. So we miss out on perspective. Second thing I think we miss out on is purpose. We miss out on on opportunities to grow into who God has called us to be. We miss out on this identity of who we are because we, we only see so much. But when other people come around us, they bring out in us who God has called us to be, the gifts, the talents, the things that God has done in us so that it is open and we can start to understand it as well. This is what Hebrews chapter 10, very familiar verse, but it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another with acts of love and good works and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. we, We gather We gather to encourage each other. Sunday morning, let me just 
say something a little controversial, okay? The primary purpose of you being here today is not so you can be fed, although the donuts are wonderful, don't get me wrong. The primary purpose for you to be here is to encourage the people who are sitting around you, is to edify them, is to encourage them, is to, to help them become all that God has called them to be. Yes, we're going to open scripture together, and yes, we're, we're going to, but the primary purpose is to encourage the people who are here with you. Cultivate those relationships. Pour into the people around you. you know, often we do read scripture, and we think of it completely on an individual basis. And we think, oh, I'm supposed to show up so that I can do this. And what if we began to read this in a more communal Context, which is really the Eastern way of thinking, they would have thought more communal anyway. What if we started thinking in terms of what if this is, we read this through a communal paradigm of we are one gathering? And let's be honest, around, you know, as I used to say in Kentucky, within spitting distance of here, there's, you know, a hundred more churches meeting. Those are also communities gathered. What if we saw them not as other, but as part of us and we gathered so that we could encourage them and they could encourage us and we could build each other up what if we stopped isolating and 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 getting away from and 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 separating from others how would that impact things like like i said earlier our, our politics the way we engage the world around us because it's not just about you having your thought or us all thinking the same it's about god's church impacting the community in which it is existing you see if we only stick around people that think just like us we do develop a very shallow community because the moment someone disagrees a little bit they're going to get kicked out and so you miss out on that It, it is so amazing to see communities of people where there are a lot of perspectives in the room and yes it can be hard. <laughs> Trust me, I know. It can get ugly if you're not careful. But there's something amazing when, when you see people who are actually listening and actually saying, I want to hear what you have to say because I don't quite get it, but I want to because I want to understand you because I think you are made in the image of God. And I think you are valid. And you, you have a thought that I think I deserve to hear. And you can process it that way. In Galatians chapter 2, uh, there's an interesting story or, uh, where Paul is talking about a thing that happened. Uh, you see, in the early church, you know, they were started out, all of them were Jews, right? And the Jews had very strict laws about what differentiated them from the Gentiles, which was anyone who wasn't a Jew, which unless you're a Jew, uh, you're a Gentile. We're all Gentiles, unless you're a Jew, and then that's fine, but, uh, you know... <laughs> But there were very strict things, especially dietary laws and who you ate with and who you didn't. And there were all these things to differentiate you. Well, when, when Christ came, one of the things that he said is that, you know, I've, I've come for all people. And, and Paul talked about this multiple times. There is now, therefore, no Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, man nor woman. No, no, it's, we're all one in Christ. And so that began to be a process of the church embracing that. Well, Peter, right, one of the main apostles, right? He, he's with him. He even goes to see, you know, the, 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 the Gentile, right? He, he goes in and he sees him and the Holy Spirit comes in. It's amazing. And he's, wow, this is great. Well, over time, 
the word of God begins to spread, right? The gospel begins to spread, and there's, there's these churches popping up in non-Jewish areas. So you've got Jews and Gentiles in this church. Well, Peter goes, and he goes to one of these churches where Paul happens to be, and he's great at first, but then all of a sudden he hears that some people from Jerusalem are coming to visit. And, and in the process, they're like, you know, he realizes, oh, man, they're, gonna, they're really Jewish, and they're going to see me eating with some of these non-Jewish people, and I don't know how that's going to look. I better. So he pulls back. And Paul confronts him publicly. And he says, dude, what are you doing? You want these people to like you so you're dissing these people when God made it so clear to you in a vision that you shouldn't do this? That wouldn't have happened if either of those were afraid to stay at the table, to stay in community, even when one of them was at at odds with the other. Are you willing as a community to say, this is, this is who we are, and we are going to welcome people who maybe aren't exactly like us, but that's okay, because we're going to just show them Jesus. And then we're going to let Jesus be the common denominator in that. Last thing. We miss out on power. We miss the best avenue of connecting to God when we isolate and when we avoid Back to Matthew 18. Jesus made that statement, where two or three are gathered in my name, right? The context is conflict. The context is when, two or, when one of you has a problem with the other, go to that person because when two or three of you gather in my name and you are talking about who God has called each of us to be and what God is doing, I'm in the midst of that. Even though it's hard, even though it's messy, even though it might get a little bit contentious, I am with you. The power of my presence is there when you are willing to stay at the table. There's a Jewish tradition that says, but if two sit together and words of the law, or words of, of scripture, words of God, are spoken between them, the divine presence rests between them. Now think about this. When Jesus makes that statement, he is basically saying that he, as the Messiah, is also the divine presence he is with us he's not just a person who came and died and rose again he is god and he's saying i will be with you in the midst of this saying even when you are gathering because you're mad at each other if you are willing to talk i'm going to be there between you you ever notice that when you're upset with someone that they um they kind of look differently and sound differently to you than before they hurt your feelings or they did something that ticked you off? Like, like have you ever noticed that when, when someone uh, who, you know, you were good friends with, but then they did something that really just, I mean, it hurt you deeply. When you see them coming, they look, they walk differently. They've got this ominous look, right? And, and you probably hear background music in your head of like, you know, <laughs> Jaws or something, I don't know. But you, you hear this, and you're like, wait a minute, who is this? And, and they, they kind of take on a different feel. Even when they say something, they may say something totally innocuous, but you hear it as them attacking you because you've already set this up because there's conflict. Well, if you think about it, when, when we approach God, there are many times that I think we have that picture of God. That he's, he's upset with us. I mean, that's what happened to Adam and Eve, right? They, they sinned, and what does it say they do? They hid from each other and from God. 
But I love the way Genesis records this because in Genesis 3 it says, you know, they were hiding, right? Because it says, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord walking about the garden, so they hid from the Lord God among the trees. The Hebrew phrase that in the cool evening breezes that word could also be translated, they heard the voice of the Lord in a windstorm of the day. Both translations are, are fine. The cool evening breezes or a windstorm. You ever notice that when you feel like God's approaching and you think he's mad at you, he sounds way more like a windstorm than a cool evening breeze? Maybe some other people in your life, when they're approaching you and there's conflict, they sound like they're rumbling in, but... Not like when they normally would come see you and it was a cool evening breeze. See, God didn't change. They did. And the way they perceived God, it changed. It's interesting, that word, ruach, is the word, and maybe you've heard it before. It's about the, the voice of, or the breath of God. In Genesis 1, it says the ruach of God hovered over the uncreated chaos. It also says in... Um, Let's see, in Genesis 7, it says that right before the flood, everything that had the ruach, the breath of life, was going to be destroyed in the flood. But then in Genesis 8, it says that God sent his ruach to calm the waters and to dry them. In Exodus, when they're getting ready, they, they're facing the Red Sea, right? And, and it's like, you know, Egypt, Pharaoh's army is behind them. The Red Sea is in front of them. They've got nowhere to go. It says God sent, and I love the way the, the phrase is in Exodus 15. It says, the blast of God's nostrils parted the sea. I mean, that's a sneeze, right? <laughs> when God see, sneezes, the, the waters part. You see, the way we... Picture this, the way we experience God coming to us often has more to do with where we are and the mindset that we have than it does who God is. I, I just can't help wonder if we need to understand where we're at and that oftentimes when we feel like someone else approaching as a storm or God approaching as a storm, that it's more about us because we've developed this pattern of avoiding, of, of isolating, because we, we don't want anything to do with that, and we're scared of that, and we won't step into that and say, wait, I, I want to see what's going on. I want to dig a little deeper. I want to figure out, is this something in, in, my, in my life, a, a wound in me that needs to be dealt with and healed, or is it something maybe that is a conflict that we need to resolve because our love for each other should be stronger than the conflict that we are in? Jesus, is, Jesus promises when we are willing to step into that, into the tension, into the difficult conversation, he will be between us. Think about that for just a minute. When we step into that difficult conversation, Jesus is between us. Buffering, translating, loving, connecting. That's what he promises. But when we avoid, when we isolate, we miss out on that power. So the question for you today is really simply, who are you avoiding? Who are you isolating from? 
Is it something that you need to, you need to step into? If you recognize that this is becoming a pattern in your life, it's a crazy indicator, right? It's, it's a light on the dashboard saying, okay, I, I, guess, I guess stuff to work on. And maybe today is the day that you're supposed to make that phone call, right? Or, or, or go to lunch with that person. Or call them up and, and say, let's, let's meet for coffee tomorrow. Because I, I don't want to avoid you. I don't want to avoid this because I'm starting to see you in a different light. And that's not fair to you. God has created us to be in relationship. And, and if that's where you're at today, then we have people who are willing to pray for you. If you would like someone to pray for you after the service, back in that corner, we've got people who are ready to, to pray with you and pray for you. Maybe to pray for the person you need to call because you want their heart to be softened enough that they'll actually take the phone call. But this is where the presence of God makes a difference. Not just in, you know, we had a great worship time. No, no, no. God showed up when I actually reached out and risked and was vulnerable and said, you know what, we need to deal with this because this, this is a conflict that I can't let it keep going. This is what it is to follow Jesus. Who might that be today that you need to say, I'm going to deal with this? Let's take a minute and pray. Lord, I, I do thank you that you, you actually want us to lean into those hard things. You don't want us to avoid them. You don't want us to isolate. You didn't call us to be all on our own, doing our own thing. You called us to be a body of believers, a body of people who are a witness, a testimony of what your love actually looks like in today's world right now. And God, we live in a crazy, divisive time in our culture right now. And so for us to demonstrate unity, to demonstrate unconditional love, would definitely be abnormal in our world today. So as you challenge us to step up to that, as you challenge us, whether it's a personal relationship or, or maybe it's something on a bigger scale, I ask you, God, give us the energy and the power to keep doing it because you promised when we stepped into this, you would be between us. You would be with us. And we hold on to that. And whoever it is today, God, that we are thinking we need to make that phone call or we need to go see them and it's going to be difficult, it's going to be a hard conversation, God, I pray your peace would reign in that, in that instance. And that all this week we would hear stories of relationships that were they were renewed. They were saved. Because you showed up when we didn't avoid. We give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand and sing one last song together?